Welcome to Barry Pirro's Haunted Happenings Podcast, where I share in-depth stories of the paranormal, the supernatural, and the unexplained. So turn off your lights, sit back, and prepare to be scared. People who report seeing ghosts almost always describe them as being fully dressed. In fact, the clothing a ghost wears is usually the first thing that a paranormal witness takes notice of. But has anyone ever seen a naked ghost? Although there are far more cases of ghosts wearing clothing than nude ghosts, naked ghosts do exist. The first stop on our Naked Ghost Tour is my telling of a story submitted by a Haunted Happenings podcast listener. His experience at an abandoned estate made him a firm believer in nudity after death. Now before I start, let me get one thing out of the way. Yes, I know I wasn't supposed to be there, but it's just something I do, and I've been at it for years. I'm known as an urban explorer, someone who breaks into and explores abandoned buildings. This isn't just a hobby. This is my passion. I've traveled all over the world and explored the most amazing abandoned places you can imagine. Hotels, mansions, army bases, missile silos, you name it. Hey, did you know that there are not one but two abandoned space shuttles that were just left to rot in a massive hangar in the Central Asian desert? Well, there are, and I saw them. I really did. And I sat in them. I was at an all-time high sitting in the cockpit of an actual space shuttle. Walking out of the hangar that day, careful not to get arrested in the process, I thought that I had seen it all. But nothing could be farther from the truth, because what I saw one night in an abandoned Belgium estate made everything that came before it pale in comparison. The estate was built in 1866 and was home to a French family until World War II when it was occupied by German forces. In the mid-1900s, the estate was turned into an orphanage and a holiday camp for sick children and the place was abandoned in the early 1990s due to the high cost of maintaining the place. Now fast forward to 2009 and enter yours truly. I was more than a little excited to get into the place. I mean, it's literally a castle, and I had heard that all four floors were accessible and in decent shape. The police kept a close eye on the place, so I decided to make this a night excursion. If I was careful, my flashlight wouldn't be seen from the outside. And even though I'd be using a flash to take pictures, I made sure to bring black fabric to cover the windows of the rooms on the side facing the main road. It was 1 a.m. when I tossed my backpack and camera equipment through a broken window into what was once the estate's dining room. I hoisted myself up and somehow managed to land without breaking any bones. I was in. Even at night, the place was incredible. It was beautiful in the way that all abandoned places are. 
The scrolled woodwork around the doorways seemed to be in perfect condition, and the wallpaper that hung off the walls in curled strips made it look as if someone had gone mad and tore the place to shreds. Broken glass crackled under my feet as I made my way down the long hallway that led to the front entrance. I had seen pictures of the grand entryway, and I was anxious to see it for myself. It was pitch black in this part of the house because there were no windows, and the light from the distant street lamps only illuminated spots outside of each doorway. I was about halfway down the hallway when I saw movement up ahead and I stopped dead in my tracks. Now, it's not unheard of to encounter other urban explorers in a place like this, but you also have to be careful not to run into drug addicts or squatters who are sometimes very territorial even though they would be here illegally too. The movement came from a room on the right side of the hallway. The light from the street lit the room up to the point where I could see the shadow of someone moving around in there. I considered turning off my flashlight, but didn't want to scare the person. They were probably just here exploring the place just like me, and if they were living here, well, more power to them. After all, who deserves to live in a castle more than a homeless person, right? As I walked toward the room, I called out in as cheerful a voice as I could, Hello? Sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. I'm just taking a look around the place. I stopped and listened. There was no reply. The shadow continued to move, and it looked like whoever was in there was pacing back and forth. But there was something wrong. I couldn't put my finger on it, but something just wasn't right. Hello, I called. Sorry to disturb you, just taking a look around. Silence. The room was about ten steps away, and the shadow kept moving as if the person hadn't heard me, which was weird. I took a few more steps, then stopped and listened. Then I realized what was wrong. I should be hearing the sound of feet crushing broken glass and fallen plaster. But there was no sound at all. Even if the person had cleaned the place up, I should at least hear their footsteps. I turned off my flashlight, then crept toward the open doorway. I slowly put my head around the corner and peered into the room. Like the rest of the house, the room was in shambles, but strangely there was still furniture in it. Against the wall, just to the left of the doorway, was a mirrored dressing table with a cushioned chair the type that a woman would sit at to put on her makeup. Against the far wall was a dresser, but all of the drawers were pulled out and most were broken. The floor was bare and the wood was warped from decades of rain coming in through the open window. I put my head in a bit farther and against the far wall, I could see a four-poster bed, the mattress of which was swollen and bursting with cotton and feather stuffing. And then I saw her. Coming out from a small room to the right of the bed was a woman. I could see her very clearly, even though the room was poorly lit, and the way she looked literally took my breath away. She was a young woman, and she was totally naked. She had long, dark brown hair that she was brushing as she walked. Her skin was milky white, and her bare feet were totally unaffected by the broken glass that littered the floor. Her back was to me as she walked up to the dresser and put the brush down on top. 
She then put her hands into one of the open drawers and took something out of it. She turned in my direction and I could see that there was nothing in her hands, but she was holding them apart from one another as if she was holding up and admiring a dress. She was absolutely beautiful and her naked body seemed to glow from within. As she held up the non-existent garment in front of her, a slight smile played across her lips. She held the invisible dress up to her naked body and walked over to the dresser, then turned this way and that in front of the mirror as if admiring herself. She smiled at her reflection as if she was pleased at what she saw. Suddenly, she turned back toward the bed, a look of alarm on her face. She ran toward the small room next to the bed, then as she was about to enter it, she held her hands up in front of her face and her mouth opened in a scream of terror. I could hear no sound, but somehow I could actually feel her scream in the air. The naked woman fell backward and her head struck the corner of the bed. Her body went slack and then became still. All this time, I was literally frozen in place. I was unable to move a muscle even if I wanted to, as if I was being forced to witness this grisly scene. Then, I watched in amazement as the woman's body slowly faded away into something like a soft, pale mist. And then, it was gone. The trance-like state I had been in was broken, and I turned and ran back down the hall to the dining room as fast as I could. I threw my backpack and camera gear out the window, then climbed onto the windowsill and jumped out. I tore ass across the field toward the fence that surrounded the estate, and just as I was about to climb it to get to my car, I turned and looked back at the estate. The room that I had seen the woman in was totally dark, but I could just make out a very pale white shape moving back and forth in front of the open window. The next stop on our Naked Ghost Tour is New Orleans, a city recognized for being one of the most haunted in the United States and home to a naked ghost known as the Octroon Mistress. In the 1800s, people of mixed race were discriminated against, and those who were one-eighth African-American and seven-eighths Caucasian were labeled Octoroon. Sometime in the mid-1800s, there lived a beautiful woman of mixed-race heritage named Julie. While living in New Orleans, she happened to meet a rich, handsome Frenchman, and she fell in love with him. Now, to the Frenchman, Julie was just his mistress, a secret lover. But Julie wanted to marry the man in spite of her mixed-race background and the difference in their social status. Year after year, Julie begged the man to marry her, but he always made the excuse that she simply didn't love him enough. One evening, he invited some friends over to his house to play cards. As the first guests were beginning to arrive, Julie once again begged the man to marry her. Eager to put the subject off, he told Julie that as a test for her love for him, she was to strip naked and to wait for him on the rooftop until he was finished with his card game. It was a bizarre request, and one that the man thought the girl would never take seriously, especially since it was a cold, rainy December night and the temperatures were near freezing. 
But after he went down to greet his guests, Julie did as she was told. She undressed in her room, climbed naked onto the rooftop, and waited for her lover to retrieve her. The man finished his card game, then went to bed and waited for Julie to come to him as she always had. When she didn't show up, he fell asleep. Hours later, he woke up expecting the girl to be by his side, but she still had not come. Then he remembered the cruel instructions he had given her, to wait naked on the roof until he came to fetch her. She couldn't have taken me seriously, he thought, but he quickly dressed and ran to the roof to look for her. The temperatures had fallen through the night, and the rain had turned to ice and froze the roof door shut. The Frenchman forced the door open, and there before him was a horrifying, heart-wrenching sight. He found Julie sitting huddled in a corner, her dead, naked body covered with a layer of ice. The Octroon mistress is said to haunt the house to this very day. Some say that on cold, damp December evenings, you can see her naked figure pacing back and forth on the rooftop, trying to keep warm and waiting for her lover to return. Now, in all the years that I've been conducting paranormal investigations, I've only come across one case that involved a naked ghost. A woman contacted me to tell me about something unusual her husband saw one night in their house in Stamford, Connecticut. She said, Last night, my husband came up to our bedroom with a strange look on his face, and he said, How did you get in bed so fast? What are you talking about, I said. He said, You didn't just walk up the stairs naked? No, I laughed, I didn't. I've been in bed for at least a half hour, I said. He looked at me and said, That's the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me. I think I just saw a naked ghost. He said that he was in the living room and the lights were on so it wasn't dark or anything. He looked across the room and saw a dark-haired, shapely, naked woman walking up the stairs that lead to the part of the house where our bedroom is. He thought it was me because she was totally naked and, well, I'm not very shy so I sometimes walk around like that. So he quickly came upstairs. He said that the naked woman was walking kind of slowly, which is why he asked how I had gotten into bed and under the covers so quickly. My husband didn't believe in ghosts before, but he saw the ghost of a naked woman in our house, and now he's a total believer. Most naked ghosts that people have seen have been adults, but it seems that even kids enjoy getting naked in the afterlife. In North Carolina is the famous Craven Street Bridge Ghost. One hot summer evening, sometime in the early 1900s, a group of boys went swimming in the French Broad River. Children often swam naked in those days, so the boys stripped down and dove into the river. What they didn't realize was that there had been a bad storm upriver a few days earlier, and the usually calm waters were now filled with swift, dangerous undercurrents. The sun had started going down and the boys were having too much fun to notice that they were floating down the river faster than usual. When they finally noticed that it was past sunset and it was beginning to get dark, they had drifted down close to the pilings of the Craven Street Bridge. By now, the water was flowing in dangerous rapids and the boys decided that they needed to get away quickly. But there was one problem. One of the boys was missing. 
They searched frantically for their friend, and one of the boys swam to shore and ran for help. All night long, boats combed the river by lantern light, but to no avail. The search continued through the following weeks, but the boy's body was never found. Soon after the boy's drowning, some who traveled across the Craven Street Bridge at dusk began reporting something strange. They said that they saw a naked boy running across the bridge, but when they called to him, he kept running as if he was unaware that they were there. Those who ran after the boy and were able to catch up with him were stopped dead in their tracks as the nude boy vanished before their eyes. The ghost of Craven Street Bridge is seen to this very day, and drivers who cross the bridge in the early hours of hot summer days are sometimes surprised to see a totally naked boy running alongside their car, vanishing before he finishes crossing the bridge. There is a unique category of ghosts called the Radiant Boys. This type of phenomenon originates from England and from Germany, where they're called the Kindermorderin, which translates as child murderer. This is because the Radiant Boys are said to be the ghosts of children murdered by their own mothers. Their souls supposedly roam the earth as ghosts, and it's said that if you see a Radiant Boy, bad luck or death is sure to follow. Reports of Radiant Boys go back as far as the 1600s, and the apparitions are described as young boys who glow with an eerie light. The light that they're bathed in varies in color, and the boys are usually naked. Radiant Boys are angelic-looking and are often described as beautiful and gleaming. One Radiant Boy tale comes from England, and although the line between fact and fiction seems to be a bit blurred, it perfectly illustrates the features of a typical Radiant Boy sighting. It was near the end of World War II, and an English soldier who stayed overnight at an old inn had an experience that he never forgot. The next morning, he wrote a letter to his fiancée. He said, I had gone to bed rather late and was sleeping soundly when something woke me up in the middle of the night. The room was totally dark, but I noticed a bright spot against the wall opposite my bed, a soft blue glow. I turned toward the window to see if some light was coming into the room from outside, but the window was dark. I turned back to look at the wall and saw that the spot had grown in size and now appeared brighter. I sat up in bed and was about to get up and take a closer look when there appeared out of the glow what I can only describe as a beautiful, angelic boy. He looked to be around 12 years old. He had blonde hair that hung down over his forehead, and he was completely naked from head to toe. He had a slight smile on his face, and his head was cocked to one side as if he was curious about me being there. The boy then started walking toward my bed, and I could see that the soft, bluish light that I had noticed was actually emanating from him, as if his entire body was lit up from within. He walked slowly toward the foot of my bed, never taking his eyes off of mine, then put one hand on the footboard. I can't say that I was frightened of this boy. I was just frozen in amazement at what I was seeing. Now, to be clear, this wasn't some smoky apparition. It was a solid figure, as if a real boy was there in the room with me, and I could see every detail of his face and body. Up close, I could see that the boy's skin was very pale. 
The blue light seemed to be coming from within him, and it surrounded him like a blue glowing mist. The boy then turned and walked slowly to the right side of my bed toward the wall. As he walked away from me, I noticed that his feet weren't really touching the ground. They seemed to hover about three inches higher than the floor. At the same time, I could hear the soft padding of his bare feet on the floor as if they were actually touching it, and I noticed that they left soft, glowing footprints with every step he took, which faded almost instantly with each successive step. When he reached the wall, he turned and faced me once again. His body still had the same bluish glow around it, but the light seemed to be fading. He smiled broadly at me, then turned to face the wall. His back was to me now, and he turned to look at me one last time over his right shoulder, smiled, then turned again and began walking toward the wall. I watched in amazement as he walked directly into the wall. He didn't vanish, but rather continued walking. I could see him walking farther and farther away from me, as if he was walking down an immensely long, dark corridor. The blue glow from the boy grew softer and softer as his naked figure receded into the distance until it was finally gone, and the room was once again totally dark. One well-known historic site that's haunted by a naked ghost is the famous island prison of Alcatraz in San Francisco, California. The former prison is now part of the National Park Service, and park rangers and visitors alike have reported a wide range of paranormal activity in the island prison. Inmates who broke one of the prison's many rules would be punished by being sent to what is known as the strip cell. The cell was named so because before entering it, the prisoners would be stripped naked. The freezing cold cell had no mattress, no sink, and no lights. For a toilet, there was just a hole in the floor. The strip cell was one of many in an area known as the Hole, a place reserved for solitary confinement. Prisoners were thrown into these cold, dark cells totally naked, given limited food and water, and they were often beaten. Some died of starvation, others died of exposure, and some took their own lives. Cell D14 is said to be the most haunted in Alcatraz. Visitors to the cell have reported feeling a raw coldness enveloping them, as if a spirit is still present there. But the saddest and most frightening thing that's been reported is the apparition of a naked male inmate seen cowering in the corner of the cell, rocking back and forth and crying. Some ghosts seem to enjoy spending time naked in the great outdoors. One famous case of a naked ghost comes from the Glen Acres Golf and Country Club in Seattle, Washington. Between the years of 1956 and 1976, there were a large number of police investigations of a naked man seen running around the golf course. Oh my God! Sometimes he was seen during the day streaking across the well-manicured grass. Other times, he was spotted at night, racing clothes free across the golf course. 
On at least one occasion, when the police were called, they gave chase, but the mysterious naked man vanished without a trace, just as they had cornered him. But who was this man? One clue comes from a rash of sightings of the man in the 1950s. Around that time, many people reported seeing the apparition of a naked Native American man performing what looked to be a ritualistic dance. The man was described as being totally nude, except for a colorful ceremonial headdress. The United States isn't the only place where clothing-free ghosts have been spotted. England also has its fair share of naked spirits. A few years ago, a couple checked into room 7 of the Weston Manor Hotel in Oxfordshire. In the middle of the night, they felt a cold presence and an overwhelming sense of dread. The couple fled the room and spent the rest of the night in the hotel lobby. The hotel attendants weren't at all surprised because everyone at the hotel knows that room 7 is haunted by the ghost of a naked nun. Legend has it that the nun, whose name was Maud, was burned at the stake after being caught in bed with a monk. Her nude figure has been seen in room 7, standing near the four-poster bed. Well, hello, boys. I suppose the monk was let off easy, because thankfully, there have been no reports of his naked figure seen lurking around the hotel. Another famous British nude specter is that of a young woman seen wearing nothing but a white wedding veil. This mournful naked woman has been seen by many people over the years at Bramshill House in Hampshire, England. The ghost was even witnessed by the exiled King Michael and Queen Anne of Romania in 1944 after they took residence there. There seem to be a lot of reports of naked female ghosts in England, but what about naked men? Bath Abbey in Scotland is home to one such naked bloke. The abbey and the surrounding streets are haunted by the ghost of a naked Roman soldier. How do we know he's a Roman soldier if he's naked? Well, some assume that he's a soldier since the Roman baths are just behind the building. Or maybe he was seen wearing a helmet, and just a helmet, which would have identified him as a soldier. Either way, the figure has been seen on numerous occasions. Once a police officer gave chase after the ghostly streaker, but the figure faded away as the officer approached him. What's more terrifying than one naked male ghost? Eleven naked male ghosts. Oh my god. West of the village of Shap in Cumbria, England, is an ancient burial mound known as Skull Hill. In the early part of the 19th century, three sisters were walking home past Skull Hill when a group of 11 naked men materialized before them. The girls said that the men appeared one by one until the full group was assembled and that they walked in single file. They were described as being totally nude and glowed with a strange yellow light and they were waving their fists in the air as if in anger. At the time, many thought this story was just nonsense. But a few years later, in 1827, 11 male skeletons were discovered near the area, and all were wearing golden bands on their wrists. It's thought that they were either killed in battle, or they were sacrificed as part of an ancient religious ritual. But why do some ghosts appear as naked and others appear as being dressed? 
It seems to have something to do with the circumstances under which a person died. In the stories I shared, the boy who drowned was naked, the woman waiting for her lover was naked when she froze to death, and the eleven men seemed to have died during a ritual when they were nude. Maybe all of these ghosts have been seen naked because that's the last way they remember looking. I'll leave you with this story. Several years ago, I was at a clothing-optional beach. Don't knock it till you've tried it. When I noticed a group of people near the shore rushing over to help someone who was obviously in trouble. Soon, park rangers were on the scene trying to revive a man who had had a heart attack, but they were too late. The man died on the beach, naked as the day he was born, and surrounded by a bunch of thoroughly naked spectators. That beach is no longer clothing optional, but if the theories are correct, and that man's energy imprint is still on that spot, then beachgoers might be more than a little surprised to see the ghostly image of a man strolling along the beach with not a care in the world, wearing nothing but a smile. Heaven, I'm in heaven, and my heart beats so that I can hardly see, and I seem to find the happiness I see, when we're out together dancing cheek to cheek, heaven, I'm in heaven.